Hi, it's Michael and David here presenting Small Business Banter. And just letting you know that we're going to be talking about mental health issues in today's episode. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for the current challenges and also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week with David Gregory, CEO of the Small Business Mentoring Service, we'll interview a different small business expert or a fellow business owner and operator. And they're going to share their best tips and insights for you, the listener. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Thanks also to our supporters, Kerr Capital and the Small Business Mentoring Service. For today's show, we're going to be having a conversation with Anthony Turner, who's a mentor and co-author of the book, Are You Ready? Surviving Small Business Disaster. Michael, our guest today, Anthony, is not only an author and a mentor, but he's a close personal friend. He has worked closely with those impacted during the bushfires and floods and has mentored well over a thousand small businesses. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thanks, guys. It's really nice to be here and thanks for the opportunity of having a chat. Good to have you on board. Anthony, as uh, we are all aware, small business is doing it tough at the moment. What are some of the things they could do to both survive this challenge and to come out the other side prepared for growth? Yeah, look, it's a really big question. I think you know, we could probably have a look at some of the statistics to understand you know, where businesses generally are and the volume of businesses. I mean, of the 2.7 million businesses in Australia, according to ABS stats, around about two-thirds of those or more are businesses with a turnover of under $200,000. Um, and that's the majority of small businesses. And a lot of those are people who are in regional communities. Um, they're in, you know, spread right across you know, the country. Um, fundamentally, I think, you know, a lot of those businesses um, have been struggling for a period of time for a variety of different reasons. And these recent events of COVID-19 has really been sort of the unwanted icing on the cake um, in terms of, you know, impacting those businesses. So what, what can they do? Um, I think, yeah, realistically, um, now is a time because of a lot of closures, um, a lot of um, challenges to doing business from, you know, new forms like, you know, the, um, all of the online stuff and everything else that's happening now that we're being forced into. I think the biggest thing that a business owner needs to do is sort of look at it and say, okay, some time ago I went into my business for a particular reason, but now circumstances have changed. What and it's time to sort of sit back and reevaluate and say, okay, well, am I up to making the changes required to do business in these new formats? Or do I need to reevaluate how my business might look going into the future? Because I think the biggest mistake that business owners can make at this time is to think that when they get back into business, it's going to be doing the same things that they used to do in the same old ways. Because 
you know, times have now moved on. Um, you know, like it or not, um, we have moved into a whole new world and way of doing business. And realistically, nobody knows the answers to what it's going to be. Now, I recently read that uh, businesses like Uber uh, and some of the largest companies in the world came out of the global financial crisis. Now, this is also a time where businesses can reinvent themselves. Would that be a fair comment, Anthony? Oh, absolutely. I think businesses are having to reinvent themselves. You know, um, you look at all of the restaurants and everything else that are now doing takeaways, and uh, whereas previously they didn't do that, they relied on sit-down traffic. Um, you look at, you, know, you mentioned, you know, Uber and everything else coming out of the global financial crisis of you know a few years back. Um, you know, if you actually read back further into history, um, in the 1930s depression, some of the top 500. Uh, Fortune 500 companies of today were actually formed back in the depression. And that was because the business owners there saw opportunities instead of getting caught up in just problems. Now, does that mean we don't have problems? Absolutely not. You know, a lot of us have got lots of problems to be had to overcome over this next few months. Um, but I think, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for those business owners who have the ability and the desire and the drive to look at how they can pivot their businesses and do things in a different way. Interesting, Anthony. I was also going to chip in with a question. Uh, you talked about those businesses generating out of your depression era. Do you think we're going to see a, uh, an influx of ex-employees want to start their own businesses as a result of um, the, you know, the opportunities in the environment at the moment, but also rebounding against, you know, the, the very big uncertainties around um, do I have a job or don't I have a job? Do you see opportunities for new business owners? Look, I think there is opportunities for new business owners, but I, you know, I think also there's going to be a lot of people who are going to pivot in terms of how they train themselves to do different types of tasks. Um, you know, I think you know, government is currently talking about the fact that you know, we're in this for a long haul probably for the rest of this year, as in 2020. Mm. Um, and you know, if we're going to have things like you know, our borders closed pretty much for that time that's going to be have a huge impact on tourism and tourist-based businesses um, we've still got state borders currently as we go to air um, but you know yes there's talk about social distancing and uh, continuing for a long period of time but some of the uh, restrictions being diminished but this still means that businesses are going to have to do things differently the reality is that a lot of businesses, and sadly we see this, you know, seeing this across history, with after disaster offence and after the global financial crisis, you know, this is the tipping point for some, for many businesses who were struggling to actually not make it through this process, and those people are going to have to make the decisions about how they re-engage into into work to generate money for themselves. Or we're going to have an ongoing high welfare bill. So to your point, Michael, yes, I, I do see a lot of people coming back on um, doing businesses or creating their own businesses um, as a result of this. We've seen this happen many times after other disasters. Um, but I think all that's going to do is create a lot more competition in what is already crowded sectors. So those people are going to have to be very careful about what they choose but also have got to be very clear about their offering whatever that's whether that's a product or a service offering and how that differentiates from the traditional things that are in the marketplace 
The, the challenges going forward, uh, Anthony, can we talk a little bit about uh, what are the uh, current available grants and what sort of support is available for small business? Yeah, look, there's, there's several that are currently available. I mean, obviously, there's things that the federal government have uh, uh, announced. Um, you've also got things like payroll tax relief from the various states, uh, from the federal government. You've got the JobKeeper um, program, which is designed to keep people engaged and off of the welfare queues um, by providing fund to employers. There are also, there obviously are, um, you know, eligibility requirements associated with those. Um, and all of that information is available through the government coronavirus app um, and also through the ATO. So most of that stuff's there. There's some other aside things that are available, things like mandatory protection for commercial tenants and also temporary relief for financially distressed businesses where the thresholds for starting a wind-up of a business have been uh, temporarily both increased and timeframes have been increased as well. And there's an awful lot of information to take in. There is, Michael. And look, the best places to go, I would suggest, is going to be, you know, the state, your relevant state um, coronavirus uh, update web pages and also the federal government one. And and also, you know, I download and I use the uh, coronavirus app from the Australian government and find that's to be very helpful as well. Um, SBMS, I know, um, have put up a lot of information on their website as well uh, with help sheets and stuff like that. So all you know, plenty of information available. Excellent. Um, given there is a lot of uh, information and, and, and owners are under a lot of stress, there's no question about that. If you had a, a, a few things as takeaways for these owners that are listening in now, what, what would they be to kind of help help them through the current environment and also, you know, set them up for for life after or the next stage? Look, I think, yeah, it's a very good question, Michael. I think fundamentally the first thing is to do a bit of a re-evaluation of your business, you know, your business as it was, and then look at the business as you would like it to be going forward. So, you know, when I first started a business, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, you know, times have changed. Uh, my environment has changed my personal needs have changed so you know was the business that i had consistent with how i would want to run the rest of my life from this point is number one. Second thing is to create a new vision you know and i, I would suggest most business owners should really look at their revamping of their business as if they were starting a new business to sit down and have a think about mm. what is a vision for my business yeah you know, what's what's my business going to look like setting some goals for my business um then sitting down and doing some basic budgets and you know i know sbms have got some good budgeting uh, templates where we use a uh, an upside down budget budget instead of trying to look at just income and then how do i spend the money we look at what's the expenses going to be to tell us how much money that's going to need to generate. And we also make sure that we include wages for ourselves in that rather than just, you know, hoping to feed off of... Pay yourself first. Yeah, pay yourself first, exactly. Next thing is to really look at who are my core customers or who are those core customers likely to be and think about how do you communicate with them, you know. Traditional marketing has been very much about, you know, oh, okay, I'll go out and tell as many people as I can as some people will buy. And that's great. But people don't buy for that way anymore. People now want to be engaged with a business. They want to understand the values of a business. So, you know, if you're just trying to sell a product or a service, people are going to switch off. Um, whereas if you've got 
something that's really really important something that people can get involved with like a, you know creating your own community or your own cause or something like that then people can get engaged with it and they're more likely to support you and recommend you to others to build the business in a new way and yeah the last thing i'd be looking about is how do i manage my business you know the key things is how much money do i need to make and where am I going to get the customers are going to, get to pay me the money so as I can make that money and then I'll take care of the management as the processes afterwards. Yeah, so setting some limits, isn't it? Because um, you could you could chase growth and you can chase opportunities, but I think what you're saying is if it, you can work out um, how your business can be structured to support you and your aspirations, that's a pretty good foundation. Absolutely. I, look, when I do workshops, I often talk about the fact, you know, Business is really a method of generating a personal income. What do you want in your life and how much money do you want for your personal income? And then how do you create the business to actually provide that for you? You know, sadly, too many, I guess when I say too many, there are lots of people who have what I call a worker mentality. They turn up at nine o'clock for the nine o'clock start. They get ready to leave a quarter to five for a five o'clock go home. Um, and realistically, that mentality is not going to drive a new business. So if that's you, I would suggest probably you're better to find a job. And it may be in going forward, it may be several part-time jobs to actually generate an income. Um, but if you've got that drive to be able to look at, you know, how do I solve problems, not how do I just turn up and collect my money? Um, how do I create something new? You've got that sort of burning inspiration desire inside you then those are the people who are going to be most successful in studying a business in these hard times one of the challenges that uh, people face in small business is they have a an expectation that they are uh, they have to be the expert they have to understand finance marketing planning they're both the boss and the person who sweeps the floor and orders the stock um, so how, how do you best address some of those challenges Anthony? Um, it's called ego. Um, and, and look, have I been guilty of it? Yeah. Hey, I've been guilty of that too. What I, what I worked out and somebody said it, many people have said this, you know, there's no I in team, you know, and every business, if you look at the successful businesses, they have a team of people. They don't do it just by themselves. You know, they have accounts, they have lawyers. Um, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't be going to hiring lots of staff and things like that unless i've got the volume of work to actually make enable that to happen and you want dedicated people to do specific tasks you know there are so many now available services that are piece or job based services so it can be outsourced it can be yeah. outsourced yeah mm -hmm. and i think that's probably the big opportunity for a lot of people who've been displaced because of the covid 19 and other disasters this is the opportunity where they can actually use their skills and become outsource agents, but they need to then use their networks of how they can actually market that and build a business around that, which will raise their uh, normal incomes. I think the other thing is not for those people who are moving into that space, not to expect to be getting $150,000 a year that you might have got previously. You know, you're going to have to learn to regrow your uh, financial capabilities based on what's available. So it's very important to understand for that intervening period where you can actually tap into some resources to help you get through from now to, you know, whenever it is we come out the other side and, um, as you say, with a new vision and a, and a potentially a new way of doing business. So we've got this uh, period of um, 
where, where business owners will have more time on their hands uh, while, while businesses are closed. How would you recommend they best use that time for improving the business? Yeah, it's a very good question, Michael, because I think, you know, well, the truth is that the majority of business owners have a lot more available time to work on their business instead of working in their business uh, than they've ever had uh, for many, many years. Um, so, I mean, some of the fundamental things that I would be doing, you know, is first off, I'd be sort of looking at my overall strategic planning. So, you know, where do I want to take the business going in, in the future? Um, I would be certainly looking at, you know, re-looking at all of my finances and my expenses to say, okay, well, what, what are some of the expenses that I've, you know, been able to carry through good times that are probably no longer relevant to me or they may be just, you know, uh, things like, you know, subscriptions is probably a classic, you know, we've probably got a dozen subscriptions, you know, personally or in businesses to, you know, newsletters and a whole lot of things that take up our time that are of no value to us, but they, but they could be costing us money. So, you know, let's reevaluate all of these things. Do I really need that to do my business? Was I using those things? Um, I'd be looking certainly at things like um, a lot of my expenses, telephony, um, you know, utilities and all of these things. Can I get better deals? You know, to you know, try and save expenses because it's about how do we actually bolster our profitability. Um, the other thing I'd be looking at, uh, well, it would apply for both service and uh, product-based businesses. In product lines, you know, typically we find that there's around about twenty percent of items are your core products that you sell, where you make most of your money out of it. There's about 60% of the products or services that are things that you have to have because they, they feed the 20%. But there's also when you really take a hard look at a business, you know, my wife and I had a gift shop, for example, and we used to do this fairly regularly. We'd look at it and say, well, what's the bottom 20% of products that are actually no longer selling? And we would actually clear those items out on sales so that we could turn that money into cash to buy more of the things that were actually um we would sell more off and therefore make more money of it. So it's probably a good opportunity to look at um, all of the products and services within the suite of things that you provide so that you can say, well, okay, what are the things that work really well for me? How can I create more of those things? What are the things that I have to do um, that I've got to keep? But more importantly, what are the things that I can get rid of um, that take up time and energy so I can start using that time and energy to introduce new things that I've always wanted to bring into the business that I previously haven't had time to do so. Yeah, and that um, financial review is absolutely essential. Uh, does that extend also, Anthony, to say you do your review and you're left with uh, your core expenses um, and your commitments to finances and bankers? Does that include also trying to get some uh, uh, some communicating with those financiers and, and, and major suppliers and talking about extending terms or at least uh, getting some kind of uh, assistance through this difficult period? Absolutely. But I think we've got to be realistic about that. It's not just about me and what I need. All of my suppliers are in the same process, mm. in the same problem. So, yeah, we've got to, we've, yes, by all means, seek support where you can get it, but also recognise that the other people are saying, you know, they're, they're having the same problems that you're having and they need support as well. So how can you actually work things that work for everybody to keep everybody going? Because they you know, are part of your team. 
your suppliers are part of your team as much as your customers are, as much as your staff are. Um, you know, for some businesses, it may be, you know, you've got that problem staff member and now is the time to make those difficult decisions, you know. So, because staff is, you know, one of the major costs of any businesses. We all know that. Um, and you may have to start thinking about, well, do I have to move people from full-time to part-time? You know, is that the only way my business can succeed? Um, how do I, you know, do that effectively? And there's plenty of help around, you know, to do that. I think, I think yeah. Anthony, too, one of the uh, uh, the issues, you, you reflected on 20%, 60%, 20% for stock. But similarly, that same sort of uh, methodology applies to processes that within the office, the things that you do, the 20% that you waste your time on, the 20% that gives you the most value and the 60% that you've got to do to support the the, the 20. So uh, is, is there also an opportunity for you to look at how you currently run your business and to look at ways that you can perhaps come back uh, and run your business a bit differently in the future. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, now with the proliferation of um, uh, online tools that are available for people to run their businesses and apps and things like that, you know, there's plenty, plenty of things that where people can actually systematize their business much more efficiently and effectively and have those things, you know, talking to accounting systems and, you know, using customer management systems and things like that. So that you can keep better recording of you know, what's going on, transactions. I mean, in today's world, data is king. You know, it used to be cash is king. Um, you know, I heard on the radio, you know, and on seen on news politicians talking about, you know, with credit cards and everything else and contactless payments and everything else, cash is no longer becoming king. You know, you know so what is king? Data. You know, data in a business and how you use that data and how you get people with expertise that can use that data to streamline your business systems and everything else is really important. I think one of the other things that we've got to be very mindful of in all of these changes and in these times is not just the physical stuff, but also the mental responses you know, of people. So every, every person, staff, business owner, suppliers, whatever it might be, we're all under incredible stress. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of issues, you know, self-isolation, all of these different things that are going on. These are things that actually cause um, stresses on people. And I, I would really strongly encourage people to look at after their mental health as part of this process. You know, people like Beyond Blue or whoever, you know, they've got tools and assistance. You know, there's you know, a lot of psychological support that's being made available by government through GPs online and all that sort of stuff to help people through these difficult times. And I would, you know, having been somebody who's been through suicidal depression myself, I would strongly advise people to actually utilize these services to help them through these tough times. Thanks for those insights, the personal insights, Anthony. It's really uh, great. You're very welcome. You know, it's, look, it's the truth of what's happened. And hey, you know, let's deal with it and move on. I think, look, in the biggest, simplest wrap up that I can give you is that our, our normal has changed. There is a new normal that we don't know what it is yet. Um, and we've got to prepare and adapt ourselves to be flexible enough to take advantage of the changing circumstances. Anthony, that's been fantastic. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, guys. And I wish all of the listeners all the best in you know, their own recoveries. Thanks, Anthony. So that was our interview with, with Anthony Turner. And I'm sure you got a lot from it. I know I did. Um, it was excellent. 
Perhaps, uh, perhaps, Michael, we can have a bit of a debrief on the top three or four takeaways uh, from the interview. What, what do you think of uh, was the number one thing that you took out of it? Look, there's a lot of excellent stuff, but what I really liked what Anthony said about uh, taking the time to reevaluate your business through pretty much through fresh eyes and and create you know potentially a new strategy and new vision for your business. Do you? Yeah, I, I also liked uh, the fact that he pointed out that people should seek support, that there are uh, currently uh, opportunities for grants and support available, but there's also a great need for businesses uh, to get on the phone, to call their landlord, uh, to call the ATO, call their suppliers, call the bank, uh, and see if they can renegotiate some of their deals. Um, And at the same time, uh, look at their overall finance as a result. Excellent, yeah. Look, I also thought the... um, uh, reviewing your customer base. I mean, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, our business has a whole range of customers and we're, we're going to focus on those that are really the most important for us, particularly in the current environment, but also going forward. So I thought that was really excellent advice. And yeah. maybe one more from you, David. Yeah, lastly, I think uh, the, the big one, uh, the mental health side. In order for the business to be successful, you've got to look after yourself first. And it's a little bit like the the um, case where you're on a plane and they tell you to put the air mask on yourself before you put it on your children. For business operators, they must do that. They've got to look after their own mental health and see that they're strong and resilient and able to cope with um, rebuilding their business. Excellent. So apart from that, uh, Michael, I I know that uh, Anthony has very generously suggested that people can access a free e-copy of his book. Uh, We're going to make that available through the www.sbms.org.au website. So if you go to SBMS website, you can download Anthony's uh, book. It's an amazing guide to building up resilience for your business and the things that you can do to help your business to become stronger. Yeah, look, that sounds like an excellent re- resource, particularly coming from uh, his quite open uh, sharing of his, his p- personal challenges. Uh, so it's a great offer. We really appreciate that from Anthony. Now, David, in your capacity as the Chief Executive Officer of the Small Business Mentoring Service, and could you perhaps give us a bit of an overview of the services offered and how business owners can access them? Well, Michael, the Small Business Mentoring Service is an independent not-for-profit organisation. It it has about 180 mentors, and we mentor businesses based on things like finance, marketing, planning. We have uh, been around for over 30 years and are supported by state and federal government, and businesses can access the services uh, through that same website, the sbms.org.au. Thanks a lot, David. That sounds like a fantastic resource and I would encourage all business owners, particularly out in the regional areas, to contact SBMS. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. David and I continue to be inspired by bringing you small business experts and hearing your stories. For any of the links, resources or information we've talked about on the show today or to contact David or I, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com. And David and I would love you to tune in at the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.